0: I'm Kendra Winchester here with Autumn Privet and this is the Reading Moon podcast where we're claiming half the bookshelf by discussing books written by or about women and this is our most anticipated release show part two and we're very excited to introduce our special guest Liberty Hardy really the queen of books and you probably know her from her podcast All the Books and she's also book of the month judge so welcome Liberty.
1: Hello. Hi Liberty. Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited.
0: Yes, I
1: am very, very excited. We're like, "Oh, who could we have on that likes to talk about new books?" Um, Liberty, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> that is my wheelhouse.
2: Well, there were so many books we had to pick from this half of the year. And I guess I always assumed before that like summer was the new book time, but oh my gosh, it is fall, and there were so many books to pick from, and I had the worst time in the world trying to decide, but we narrowed it down to nine. Did we narrow it down to nine, three each?
0: Yes. Yes. So even as of last night, I hadn't decided. And so what we ended up doing, guys, is we have a bunch of honorable mentions in the show notes. So if you wanna check that out because we couldn't talk about all the books. We'll we leave that to Liberty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess a disclaimer is like, so I haven't read any of the books that I'm recommending and I know Liberty you've read all the books you're recommending, right? Yes. Okay, and Kendra, have you? I don't remember. I've read one. Okay, so we're not—I will give this disclaimer up front. We're not 100% sure of, like, what—well, at least I'm not of, like, what's in my books. And so we're just—at least for me— We're just recommending them based off of what
0: we know, Um, and so do not hold us accountable for anything that's in it that we don't talk about. But the excitement is genuine. Like, we are legit excited for these books, so we're just going to sit down and have a chat with you and tell you about the books that we're looking forward to so you can add them to your TBRs as well. So I guess we'll get started.
2: And I guess I will go first. Um, So my first recommendation is The Three Daughters of Eve by Elif Shafak. And this is a book that is coming out um, from Bloomsbury on December 5th. And I actually heard about this book last christmas so i've been waiting on this book for a very very long time so she is a turkish writer but she was born in france and she actually is a journalist which i think is really cool um and she has nine novels and her last one was the architect's apprentice but i've not really heard of any of her other books have either of you read any of her books
1: i have not
2: i have not yeah okay. so this one she looks cool, yeah. this one seemed really interesting, and a lot of people seem to be talking about it. But it is about a woman named Perry, who is a Turkish housewife, and she's going to this fancy party in Istanbul, and someone tries to steal her purse. And oh, according to the summary, like a Polaroid picture falls out and it like reminds her of something that happened in her past. So it seems like it starts in the present and then like transfers her back into the past about like this relationship this romantic relationship she had and these friends she had in college and then apparently there's a bunch of things in there that she's supposed to forget and so so far it's getting like really good reviews and i've not ever read a book set in this part of the world before so i'm just really excited to i don't know i've always wanted to go to istanbul so like maybe that's part of the reason why i really want to read this book after russia autumn
0: after russia (laughs) (laughs) yeah Oh my, you know, I thought at first it was set in Russia and I was like, oh, that's why Autumn picked it. But no. We had Liberty,
2: there's this joke we have now where it's like, I didn't realize I was interested in books about Russia until it seems like almost every single episode I recommend a book that's set in Russia. <laughs> and Kendra was like, what is your deal with Russia? And I'm like, I don't, I don't it's subconscious <laughs> apparently.
1: Oh, that's okay. Yeah,
2: I just think it's really cool, but this one is not in Russia. This one's in Turkey, so. But the cover cover is amazing.
0: The UK cover that I've seen? Yes. It reminds me of the Bear and the Nightingale UK cover,
1: like Yeah,
2: the, the US cover's more modern-ish, I
1: guess, but I don't know. I'm excited. It has the three women on it, right? Yeah. 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 Well, this is it's good that this is coming out in December because the last 6 weeks of the year is always a drought for new releases because everybody's busy with the holidays and they don't release a lot so it's good to have like a strong title i'm definitely looking forward to this one
2: yeah i think i'm excited so i might buy it for myself for an early christmas present but anyway so that is the three daughters of eve by lf shafak and it's out by bloomsbury on december 5th
1: i'm gonna bring my first pick up a little closer like september is practically here My first choice is Bluebird, Bluebird by Attica Locke, which comes out September 12th from Mulholland Books. You may have read her before. I believe this is her fourth book. Don't hold me to that, but I think it's her fourth book. Uh, She had two in her Jay Porter series, which is about an environmental lawyer. Um, And this is a standalone so far uh, about a black Texas ranger named Darren Matthews. He is kind of on suspension when the book opens, He ran into some trouble, uh, and his boss has asked him to step down for a bit. Um, He's also having problems in his marriage, and things aren't going very well. And he gets a call from his friend at the FBI who says, Hey, uh, since you're not doing anything, could you go check out the things that are happening in Lark, Texas? Lark, Texas is a small town, less than 200 people, um, and they've had two murders in the past few days. Um, One was a visiting black lawyer from Chicago, and a few days later, a local white woman was murdered. Uh, the sheriff of the town thinks that the lawyer died accidentally, even though the circumstances are definitely suspicious. And he thinks that the white woman was murdered in retaliation. Um, so he's there to like figure out why the sheriff thinks these things, what actually happened to the lawyer, what happened to the woman... Um, there's a contingent of the Aryan Brotherhood there, which is definitely making it a volatile atmosphere uh, for him to be in, um, especially in such an esteemed position as a Texas Ranger. It's very intense. It's very smart. She's a fantastic writer. I really enjoy like her characters. This one, I think, moves even more slowly than her other books, which is not a condemnation. It's, it's a It's a wonderful thing. Her character studies are really great. Um, and the way the mystery unfolds and all the tension and everything that goes along with it. Um, she's just, she's wonderful. She's the writer and one of the producers on the Fox show Empire, which I have never seen. Oh. I've never, Yeah, I've never seen that. it, but I've heard it's fantastic. I know a lot of people love that show. Um, so, and I've read her other books, so I highly recommend her. Again, it's called Bluebird, Bluebird by Attica Locke. That sounds
2: really good. And I love those kinds of books and I haven't read one in ages. Yeah,
0: that's 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 Autumn's Autumn's little House right there. Yeah, she's wonderful. <laughs> so I guess that brings me to my first pick and this pick will surprise no one no one out there (laughs) (laughs) and that is Sing Unburied Sing by Desmond Ward and this is out from Scribner and it comes out Tuesday if you're listening to this on the day it comes out so look for that pre-order it give it all the love in the world because oh my goodness so as you know I like you know worship at the altar of Desmond Ward because she is just so amazing her last novel Salvage the Bones won the National Book Award and this is actually set in like the same fictional universe it's a In the same neighborhood, I should say. So, like, we see some cameos from Ash and her brother. Anyway, I'm going to actually talk about the book now. (laughs) (laughs) So, in Sing Unburied Sing, uh, we have two perspectives. The first perspective is Jojo, who is an African-American boy living with his grandparents in the Mississippi Delta region. Uh, He also lives with his sister Kayla. And his mom, who is a drug addict, is kind of in and out of the house. Now, we also follow Leonie, who is JoJo's mom, and she is taking drugs because when she can take drugs, she can see her dead brother, and she really still wants to talk to him because she's still grieving for him. Well, we find out that JoJo's dad, who is white, is being let out of prison. And so Leonie wants to go and take her kids up there and pick him up. So there's a lot of different things going on in the book. We have some past flashbacks of Jojo's grandfather who was in the prison that his dad is in. And there's some comparisons of the black experience versus the white experience of being in the prison. And kind of like the history of a post-slavery imprisonment for the black community in that region. There's so much going on in this book. And... Jasmine Ward does a great job of combining classical mythology with this present situation in the Mississippi Delta. In Salvage the Bones, she combined Medea and Motherhood. And in this one, she combines uh, the Odyssey and this traveling experience to go find truth. And she really does an amazing job with that. But I have to say, the thing I love about Jasmine Ward the most is her hers her prose. Oh my goodness. It's like poetry. Oh, my stars. And she... Takes these these characters and she looks at their lives and she just pulls out all of the all of the feelings and makes some amazing points um, about you know the prison system and what's going on there. Um, we also get the perspective of the mom, Leonie, and her addiction and why she's addicted to drugs and just a look at her life. And also, since Jojo's grandparents are white, there's a lot of racism there because um, they don't want anything to do with their um, interracial grandchildren. So oh it's so good guys it's
2: just so good i i think i have the galley of this somewhere but i haven't read it yet
0: (laughs) yeah it's like when i when i got it i read this i think in like january and so uh as soon as i got it i was like autumn we're reading this now
1: (laughs) but i think that's like my mantra i
0: have it somewhere but i haven't
2: read it yet (sighs) I have like stacks and stacks and stacks, and that doesn't even, that's not even what's on my Kindle, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I'll read them all one day.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I remember a couple of months ago, Adam's like, I bought two bookshelves. I don't need them, but I figured it'll be good. And now she's like, I've had a bookshelves. Right.
2: <laughs> yes, this is true. But I'm really excited about this one and I actually got to see her lecture last year. So and jealous. Oh, my goodness. She's just I love her.
0: Yes, and we're gonna be talking about her book, The Fire This Time for as um, our discussion book for one of our in this September, we're talking about essays, so we're really excited about that. We're all about all things Jasmine Ward. Yes, this is true. Yeah, so you'll definitely want to pick that up. I just can't stop talking about this book, and that is Sing Unburied Sing by Jasmine Ward, and that comes out on Tuesday. So then, my
2: next pick is Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Maria Mikado, and it is out by Grey Wolf Press on October 3rd. Have either of you read this one? I
1: haven't, I have not. Okay,
2: I so this is a short story collection, and the cover is incredible. It is like this muscular kind of corset looking thing, and so it's Im- Frankenstein. It is, um, and I immediately was like, "What the heck is this book?" And I need to read it immediately as soon as I can. So Carmen has written essays and other short stories. She was actually nominated for like the Shirley Jackson award and some other awards. So that kind of should give you a clue as to the kinds of stories that she writes. And then this book also got five stars by Roxane Gay. So I was like, okay, well that's a pretty high commendation. Um, but so the collection is, and I feel, I decided I was just going to read part of the blurb because I think it sums it up. Perfectly. Um, So the blurb says that she blithely demolishes the arbitrary borders between psychological realism and science fiction, comedy and horror, fantasy and fabulism. Oh.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, what does that mean? (laughs)
2: <laughs> I think she just means she does whatever she wants. <laughs> the stories are about women's bodies. And from what I can tell, they're pretty graphic and pretty violent and probably leaning more towards horror. So if that's something that you don't like, then it might this might not be a book for you. But I think that the topic of violence committed against women's bodies and like how women re- react to that. And like, yeah, I just think that's really interesting. And we just finished, or I just finished Things We Lost in the Fire. And so this collection kind of reminded me of the last, well, the, the title short story in that collection. I feel like it's going to be along those lines, but it seems really cool. And I I want to read it. And I love short stories anyway, so no surprise there. Yeah, I've seen so much
0: buzz for this book.
1: It's definitely, it's coming up for me shortly here. Um, I'll also read anything that Grey, Grey Wolf Press puts Truth. in front of me. Like they're just they're just so I, great. I love them. Yeah. That kind of segues into my next pick, um, which is actually a true story about violence against women. Um, if you are sensitive to that subject, you'll you'll wanna fast forward through this segment and definitely skip the book but uh, my next pick is called after the eclipse a mother's murder a daughter's search by sarah perry it comes out september 26th from houghton mifflin harcourt um and it's it's a true story it's it's a memoir about sarah perry's life uh, when she was 12 years old in may of 1994 Um, she lived in maine with her single mother in their house um she woke up in the middle of the night because she heard a noise, and she found her mother in the kitchen. Her mother had been attacked, um, and and she died. Uh, and they didn't have a suspect. They didn't know who did it. Um, she escaped out of the house. They they didn't know like if he was if the person who did it was still there. Um, and it's about like living in the town, and then how she had to like move away um, because. Her father couldn't care for her, and her relatives kind of passed her around. And as the years went by, they they never found who did it um, and what it's like to live like that. And also she does a really great job talking about her mother. Her mother was the victim, a lot of of true crime books uh, focus on the you know the perpetrator. and this is is strictly a story basically about her and her mother um, and her mother's memory and the people who loved her mother. Um, and also, uh, 12 years after her mother's murder, she received a phone call saying that they finally had the man who did it. Um, and so she talks about what that's like to have that opened up again. Um, and like I, I mentioned at the beginning, it does have very graphic content. So if that's something you're sensitive to, you should definitely skip this book Um but if you enjoyed, like, the fact of a body, I mean, not enjoyed, but if you, if you found that very interesting, it's very similar. She's an incredible writer. I mean, um, there are not many memoirs about survivors, like, of crimes. Like, because Sarah, you know, she was there and, and she got out. Um, and certainly not this well written. So it's an interesting perspective. And it's also, you know, about a daughter's love and for her mother and her loss. Um. So again, it's called "After the Eclipse: A Mother's Murder, A Daughter's Search" by Sarah Perry.
2: I was confused for a second because I thought this was the Sarah Perry who wrote
1: the Ethic Serpent. Serpent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, a lot of people have been like, "What?" But different.
0: Both different excellence.
1: Sarah. Yes. And now that I've brought everybody down. <laughs> no. Kendra, take it away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I am really excited to talk about Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng and this is out from Penguin Press on September 12th. So, once upon a time, a very tired grad student picked up Everything I Never Told You and read it in one sitting. And if you've read Everything I Never Told You, like you know that Celeste Ng has a beautiful balance of almost like Uh, literary thriller mystery things but with excellent character studies and so i've kind of been stalking her social media trying to figure out how close she was to finishing this book and when the date came up i like screamed and danced around and everything so um i am very 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 thrilled for this book so this book is set in Shaker Heights, which is an affluent suburb of Cleveland, and a woman named Mia, who is an artistic soul and a single mom, moves into the Titanic community, and she becomes friends with the people living there. And what happens is that a couple decides to adopt a Chinese-American child, and the entire neighborhood takes sides. Some people are opposed to this white couple adopting an Asian-American child, and others are not. And so then plot ensues, and a lot of, you know... I guess, stuff happens, as they say. But what I'm really excited about is that Celeste Ying does a great job of having the two communities interact. So she last time she wrote a book about an interracial family, and this time she's writing about a future interracial family, so to speak. I love, like, little community or small town, like, battles or fights or whatever, sort of like in uh, Big Little Lies where, like, The kindy mums are all, like, battling it out about random things for their children. And I'm hoping that maybe this will be sort of like that, but on a more, I don't know, serious level, that will have the different themes that Celeste Ng is so good at putting into her fiction. Um, And so I imagine it'll have the things about race and uh, people and different characters and secrets and all of the things.
1: I really liked everything I never told you, but I actually enjoyed this one more. That's right?
0: encouraging. <laughs> I can't wait to read that book. Um, and again, that is "Little Fires Everywhere" by Celeste Ng. I am feeling
2: deja vu though, because like you would not stop talking about everything I never told you. So I'm smarter this time around, though, and I'm just gonna get it and read it instead of like <laughs> having you tell me about it for six months. I,
0: I'm pretty sure it was a couple
2: years. <laughs> It was a long time. It was a very long time. Um, Okay, so my last pick is uh, Future Home of the Living God, and it is coming out on, and it is by Louise Erdrich, and it is coming out on November 14th, and it will be published by Harper. And I feel like this is a good chance for me to finally read Louise Erdrich because everyone has been talking about her. I know... That Kendra, you recently read The Roundhouse, and then Josh recently read one of her books, and like everyone's talking about her, and I've never read her, and I feel shame. And so, this is her new book. (laughs) Yeah, so it seems more dystopian than some of her more recent novels, and which actually really appeals to me. And it actually sounds a lot like The Handmaid's Tale, like in some ways, but now I'm getting ahead of myself. According to the plot summary, it's about. Um, these women who keep who are having babies, but then, like the babies are like more and more like in more and more primitive states. And I don't really know what that means. But so anyway, so it's like they're regressing as a culture and as a society. And so the book follows a girl named Cedar, who is adopted, and she's also four months pregnant, But she hasn't told her adoptive parents yet. The political climate is like, well, the government's trying to decide if they should, like, put pregnant women in solitary and like, if they shouldn't like restrict women from like having babies. And so it seems like a book that's about a lot of like gender politics and like some of these things that keep coming up and haven't coming up because of things like the handmaid's tale. Um, But I do love a good dystopian novel. So I'm excited about this one. And you know, she she's written a lot of other good books. So I feel like it's going to be done well. So I don't know. We'll see.
1: Um, Did you read, um, Gather the Daughters by Jenny Malibud. Well, if you love a good dystopian novel and about women's bodies, that is definitely one to check out.
2: Okay, I will add it to my list right now. (laughs) Because you have so much time, right? Right, all the time in the world. Just sitting around, you know, twiddling your thumbs. Uh, No, but I do, like, I feel like I haven't read a good dystopian book in a while. And part of that could be my fault, but I don't know. But this one sounds really good, and like I said, it is Louise Zadrick, so we'll see how it goes.
1: My last pick is the new Jennifer Egan. So excited. This is her first novel since Visit from the Goon Squad, which was in 2010, if you can believe it, um, which won the Pulitzer, uh, and she she hasn't had one uh, since then. So her new one is called Manhattan Beach. Um, It comes out October 3rd from Scribner, and it's so fantastic. Like, I read it, and I was like, that was really good. And then the more I sat with it, the more I was like, that was really good. Um, It's about a woman named Anna Stiles. It opens uh, in New York City during the Depression. She's actually 12 years old at this time. And she's going on this secret visit with her father to meet a man named Mr. Stiles, she doesn't really know what it is that her father does, just that he kind of, like, meets with people and passes them envelopes and, you know, he takes these odd jobs because it's the Depression and they've lost everything that they have. Um, and so she she knows about the secret meeting that he had with Mr. Styles, but she's not supposed to tell anybody about it. And um, as time goes on, her father disappears, and no one knows what happens to him, and she's left caring uh, for her sister, uh, living with her mother, who used to be a dancer, and now she's a seamstress and doing everything she can, and they're trying to make ends meet. Um, and then years later, uh, it's during World War II, and Anna has a job at the Brooklyn Naval Yard, um, and she becomes the first female diver, and she works repairing the ships that go out for battle. Um, and one night, she's in a club, and she runs into Mr. Styles, the man from the Mysterious Meeting. And she wants to get close to him because she wants to have an idea of what was going on with her father back then, and, and she gets these, like, clues into her father's life and what he was about and also his disappearance. It's her first historical novel, and it's just an absolute stunner. Um, there was The the Invisible Circus, I think, went back in time a little bit, but this one is, like, a historical novel all the way through. Um, Anna is a wonderful character. You know, she's she's kick-ass. She's the first female diver um, and it's just a really compelling, layered story, and I just absolutely loved it. Again, it's Manhattan Beach by Jennifer Egan.
0: Well, I'm sold on that one. So that's <laughs> so good. It does. I I love I love historical fiction. It's just ugh.
1: we almost didn't get this one because um, I almost squished her, Jennifer Egan. Um, in in uh, 2010, I was at the Brooklyn Book Festival, and it was right outside Greenlight Bookstore. And I went inside to shop, and I turned a corner, and she was sitting on the floor. And I tripped over her. So I could have I could have <laughs> squished the Pulitzer winner. I would have had to leave the country in shame. <laughs> um, but luckily, she was okay, and everything worked out. So now we have this amazing novel. <laughs> I'm glad that it ended well. Yeah, because it would have like my headstone would have said like author squisher. It would have been terrible. But seriously, that's a
2: really great thing to have on your headstone. <laughs> yes and no. I mean It's at least unique. Squisher of beloved author.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: Okay, there is there is no segue to my last pick. At all, ever. Um, but that's not unusual for us. So I'm just going to jump right into talking about The Good People by Hannah Kent. And this comes out from Little Brown on September 19th. Now, that name might sound familiar because if you watch BookTube at all, you know that burial Rights* like, swept through BookTube. Um, like, every, everyone and their mother's brother was talking about this book. I have yet to read burial Rights*, but I plan to very soon. But I've been saying that for six months, so we'll see what happens. But The Good People came out, actually, in February over in... Uh, The UK, and so I end up ordering a UK edition because it has gold foil. And we all know that I am very susceptible to UK covers and make great uh, take great advantage of book depository. So, this book has already been nominated for the Walter Scott Prize for historical fiction. And if you know that Barry Wright's was set in Iceland, well, this one's set in 19th century Ireland, and this is about a kind of community of, of women and how they face. Uh, they're trying to protect this boy. So we have uh, Nora, who is a widow, and she finds herself alone, caring for her grandson, Michael, and people start talking about how Michael is this changeling child, And, and that's, if you don't know, it's from fairy lore where they, like, take your baby and place, replace it with a fairy baby, and you raise the fairy baby, and that's considered very bad, because fairies in real life, well, real life folklore, Real life folklore is that a thing? <laughs> sure, it is now. Well, fairies are usually evil, um, and they're not very—they're not very great. So the entire community is like, "This is a changeling child," and they're not very happy with it. And so to protect him, Nora gets together with Mary, a woman named Mary, and um, Nance, who's like this elderly wanderer person who understands the old ways, that kind of person. And she gets together with them to try to um, protect Michael. And then plot ensues. So I love books about, like, the fairy, like, the quote-unquote real fairies. You know, the, the evil ones that are, like, trying to, like, kill you and things.
1: Um, <laughs> not, not the ones that, like, want to do your laundry and wash your dishes and stuff.
0: Yeah, not, not those. And not the ones that, you know, corgis are supposed to be the steeds of Welsh fairies. Uh, not those either. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they have the markings on their shoulders and things. That's where the saddle was supposed to come. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm gonna send you guys a, a photo of this uh, book with the it's a children's book about this fairy who has the corgi who's their faithful steed and anyway he has battle armor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I cannot believe you've not shared this with me before. But anyway,
0: moving on. <laughs> so anyway i'm very very excited about this book um it was everything that i really really love in a book and i'm just uh, i'm just so excited for it so yeah if you haven't already put uh the good people by hannah kent on your list and that comes out on september 19th from little brown
1: i just read uh last week i think uh, a novel based on the true story It's called The Cottingley Secret by Hazel Gaynor about the two girls that took a photo in England at the turn of the 19th or the 20th century um, pretending that fairies were real and, like, Arthur Conan Doyle came to visit them because he was a big believer in fairies and and eventually, like, when they got older, you know, they were exposed as, you know, having made this up, but it's a a novel based on that.
0: It was pretty good. (laughs) Wow. Because you went on, like, a fairy kick for a while, right? And you read all the fairy books?
1: I did. I read a lot of fairy books, and there's one coming out. Oh, my goodness, I can't remember what it's called right now. The Cruel Prince um, from Holly Black is coming out in January. <gasps> I love Holly Black. Oh, it's so, it's so good. Yeah, you're going to Teenage gonna Kendra will be so happy. Um love that. <laughs> um, but I... I I read a lot of... They're all leaving my head right now, but, like, The War of the Oak, I think it was called War of the Oaks, from, like, the 80s, was a great fairy book, too. Um, And, of course, I love Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell... Uh, I like evil fairies. They're awesome. Yes, they're they're definitely definitely a favorite. Oh oh, the call. The sequel to the call is coming out soon. Um, the call is like the craziest, most violent fairy book I've ever read. It's great. If you say that, then <laughs> you know it is. Then <laughs> so no one else is gonna
0: want to read it. <laughs> So I think I think that's all the books that we have um, to talk about. And don't forget, everyone, that we do have honorable mentions in the show notes because there were so many books that we wanted to talk about, um, but we couldn't because, you know, time, life. Uh, so check those out and put those on your lists, and you will have a never-ending supply of books to read for the rest of the year. Yeah. Basically, between
2: us and Liberty... You all should be covered for forever and ever and ever
0: (laughs) and then some. Lifetime of reading. Barricade yourself from the world. I guess that's it. So thank you so much, Liberty, for coming on and talking about books with us.
1: Thanks for having
2: me. It is basically a magical fairy dream come true to continue the theme.
0: (laughs) I am like the book fairy. This is true. This is true. And if you haven't already reviewed us, you can drop us a review in Apple Podcasts. That would be greatly appreciated. You can also check out our newsletter where we have uh, new books and things and reviews and photos of our fur children and different things. And that would be great because I enjoy doing that. That's fun. She does. She loves it.
2: So the next month, as Kendra mentioned before, our theme will be essay collections. And I love essays. So like it's going to be a really good episode. Really excited about it. Um, and again, thank you so much, Liberty, for joining us. You can find her on her podcast, all the books. And it is amazing. And we both listen to it religiously. Um, she's also a, a book of the month judge. So be on the lookout for the books that she picks. And they're always very, very good. That's true not a spoiler and then you can find her on twitter at miss liberty and you can find her on instagram at friends and comes alive so you can find me on twitter at autumn privet i'm also on instagram at autumn privet and you can find kendra at kd winchester um on twitter and instagram and other places too and thank you all so much for listening to the reading women podcast and happy reading bye